Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. So now as we move forward, like I said this morning, you guys are stuck with me. Uh, Pastor Ed and Rachel are on vacation. Uh, super excited for them to to get some time of rest. And he had asked me a while back, you know, hey, would you mind speaking? I'm, absolutely no problem. And it just so happened to fall kind of right after uh, our youth group got to go on a week-long missions trip to Memphis, Tennessee. Right? Shout out to them. And... So as much as I love to preach and to, to put, a, put a sermon together, it was kind of, we, we sort of discussed, man, how cool would it be? Because what I wanted to do is, you know, I'll come up here and I'll give you guys a quick two-minute thing about our trip and how great it is and how much fun it was. And, and because so many of you in here are a huge part of why we even got to go on that trip. You, you hear me often refer to my students as my little broke friends, and that's just super true because they are. And so in order to raise $600 per person to go and be a part of a mission trip, it was very difficult to do it on our own. And so you guys got to participate, and you got to be involved, and you helped out, and you donated, you gave, and the bake sales, and the, the different opportunities. And so we thought, man, how cool would it be, with a little bit of pushing and nudging, could I get some of our students to come up and share and to explain from their point of view what it was like for this trip? Here's the reality. The reality is we had 24 people go on this trip. I would love for every one of our students to come up here and share. I wish. But you guys would never make it to lunch. So um, I, we've, we've uh, hand-forced, I mean hand-selected five people to come up and share their experience on what I'm telling you is the best missions trip I ever have been a part of. It was, it was incredible. It was amazing. And so uh, I'm going to let them come up and share with you. We're going to start off with... Uh, Maddie, why don't you come on up here? I'm, I am in no way, shape, or form forcing Maddie to be up here. She is up here completely and totally on her own. Um, really, really, really awesome student who has been a part of a lot of what we've done and been super connected with us. And so I'm grateful for her to be the first one to sort of share her experience and what it was like for her to, to join us and be a part of this trip. Maddie. Good morning, everyone. Hi. Um, I just want to put this out here first. I've been coming to Eastern for two and a half years now, and Memphis is my second mission trip. Um, I also want to say before Memphis, I never would have been able to come up here and talk to you guys because of, like, nerves and everything. I'm still a little nervous, but we're going to get through it. Um, and I also want to say that Memphis was a really big part of me stepping out of my comfort zone and stretching myself to be able to do things like this and also help a lot with what we did in Memphis. And I believe that that impact will continue to help me grow in my walk with Jesus as I get older and all that stuff. Um, Memphis made me take a leadership role and required me to step out of my comfort zone. And our Memphis mission trip was focused on children's ministry, which means part of what we had to do was teach the kids Bible stories. And during that week, I had to teach two of the Bible stories we did. And that was a lot for me to do. It was a really big step. Um, I've helped with e-kids in the past. I've helped with stories and everything, but I never imagined myself actually being up there and being the one to teach it kind of by myself. Um, 
And it's really hard to do. I don't know if anyone's ever done it, but it is hard to teach a story to kids, especially kids who don't pay attention and don't want to listen to anything you have to say at all. Hold on. That's my entire life. So as you say <laughs> that, just remember that. Please remember that. As Okay, that's all. Sorry. Like, the only thing I wanted to do the whole time was to, like, stop and wait for the kids, but, like, you can't do that. They're not going to stop doing what they're going to mm -hmm. do, and you just got to... <laughs> You just got to keep going. <laughs> but what made it, what like really made it important for me and what made it like something, if that's the word, was worth it. That's the word. What makes it worth it in the end for me was that there were kids who did pay attention and did want to listen to what I had to say. And after we were done the story, we would have time at the end and I would quiz them on what we learned about. And most of the kids, like, weren't paying attention, had no clue, but then there were those two kids who answered every single question right. And those kids really gave me a purpose and gave me confidence to continue to teach those Bible stories and keep it going. So I realized that they were willing to learn something about God's word and willing to actually pay attention to all of that. And also the memories we made on this trip will definitely stick with me for a lifetime, especially all the memories with the kids. The kids that you bonded with were something really special. Um, whether it was like the memories from picking up the kids on the route or going through all the stations with them, every single moment you had with them was special and you could tell that every single moment for them was special with us. Um, another way, that was also another way I really needed to step out of my comfort zone and create a personal bond with all those kids. And it's really hard to like set an example for all those kids and like always be on top of everything when there's a million kids surrounding you and you have to kind of take control of everything. Um, yeah, bonding with the kids was just a, such a big part of the trip for me, and I believe we had an impact on their lives that will last forever. So one of the cool things with Maddie is, is you know, I knew that by asking her to come up here was going to be a stretch, just like I knew that, that having her lead a lesson was going to stretch her, right? Someone who, this is someone who signs up for everything, who participates in everything that we do. I know that if we're serving or if we have something going on, I already include her name in the list because she's going to show up no matter what it is. That's her dedication. But she's also the one that if I ask her to pray, she shuts down and gets mad at me and sticks her head down and take, you know, like she, when it, when I ask her to step outside of that area, she struggles. And so if you want to know how nice of a youth pastor I am, um, I made her lead lesson day one. So she didn't get to watch anybody else. She didn't get to like feel anything out. I made her speak first this morning because I'm a nice guy. It's what I do. Um, the, the best part about it is she messaged me last night at 11 o'clock or something like that. Hey, I don't think I'm going to do this tomorrow. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Once again, if you learn, if you learn, if you learn anything about who I am as a youth pastor, my response was, to her was, uh, "No, you are sorry." Um, and and she did it, and she's here, and this is a testament of 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 stepping out of your comfort zone, doing what's required of you, doing what's needed, being willing to be stretched, to be moved, to not just sort of plant your feet down and go, because there are a lot of people, and I'm not going to point fingers at anyone or hurt anyone's feelings, but man, there's a lot of people that if you don't want to do something, man, you're just not going to do it. And let me tell you, you miss out on so much of what God has for you, and so she's an absolute, absolute testament to that. So y'all give it up for Maddie.
Michael. Michael's going to come up here next. I really could have had any and every one of these students up here, but we picked a few uh, in particular. Michael's story is... Um, it's definitely... Michael's story is definitely my favorite for lots of reasons, but I'm going to let him kind of explain to you what this trip was like for him. Hello, everyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys may have seen me on the stage before singing, uh, but um, let me get on with my story. So helping out with Street Reach Ministries is the place where we stayed at. Meanwhile, we helped out the kids. There was this thing called Bible Club, and we would do that every single day in, like, the morning. And when I went there my first day, we already had everything planned out, but uh, I kind of still felt like I didn't know what my purpose was going to be. And then we saw these four Spanish kids. Only one of them could speak English, and the rest couldn't. And I was the only Spanish-speaking person on there, so it kind of fell upon me to talk to them. But I mean, honestly, kind of surprised me. I was overwhelmed. I was like, dang, we had all of this, and now I have to do all of this, and I don't know what I'm going to, you know, what's going to challenge me, what I'm going to face. But um, I remember Pastor Jared talking to me, and he was like, you're the only one that can truly help out these kids and make them learn about God. And like, again, I was scared. I was nervous, but I was like, it's like I can sing on the stage. I can definitely help out some kids. And um, let me see. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I went to introduce myself to them. And immediately they were like, you speak Spanish? And I was like, yes, I, I do. And their faces were like, wow, like we actually have somebody that can speak Spanish. And they were smiling. And that really touched me because I was like, wow, I know they had it that bad. So, and um, after that, those kids, like after Monday, Tuesday, and on Wednesday, we had 14 kids. And the thing about that is, I didn't know this until now, but supposedly that broke the record for how many kids we had at that Bible club. And it was... <laughs> And uh, try not to cry. Cried last time. So, and honestly, a week before that, I did kind of lose my sibling. It was sad, but I had to take care of these kids because they really needed the help. And I, there was this one little kid. I loved him. He really reminded me as a kid how I was. And he was the best kid I could ever talk to. And I do miss him. <sighs> try not to cry. All right. And I really did connect with them. Like, the whole week, I was glad I was able to talk to them. I was glad I was able to explain things to them when they were having trouble, even when they wouldn't listen again. And um, they pretty much knew all the stories, but I just had to make sure they were okay and they learned everything. And honestly, all they cared about was the food. But I know some of them did learn something. <laughs> and um, on Friday, our last day here, we had to take them home. I was sad. I was going to cry, but I was like, I can't cry in front of them because I have to be strong and I have to lead them 
And uh, they were sad, too, because it was the last Bible club of the summer. And I wish I didn't have to leave, but we had to. So I finished the Bible club. We went back home to them. We put them in their houses. And right before we left, um, one of the girls, she gave me her bracelet. And one of the boys, Daniel, too, he gave me his uh, crafts that he made, which was, like, meaningful to me, that, like, tugged my heart. It showed that they appreciated me. And I thank them for that because it really did change my perspective on things. <sighs> and right before we leave and get in the vans, they scream, we love you, Michael. Thank you for everything. Thank you for being our friend. So I said, I, I said it's my favorite story because you know what, I will say, like, we, I told our students from the beginning, like, hey, we've got to be ready for whatever, but I'm a planner. So, like, even when we did our, our practices and our, 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 our meetups and stuff before, like, I had their every, like, every place they served for every single day, like, everything was in place, everyone knew they were, where they were going to be each day, what they were going to be doing, all of that was kind of planned out, and then by Monday, it was like, yep, we're throwing that away, because Michael's only job at that point was to minister to those kids. And, 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 and he's right. To see their, just everything about them changed when someone spoke their language. And it was like, because everything would have, I mean, imagine trying to talk to a five-year-old and your only translator is another five-year-old. And you're like trying to work, like, and it had, been, it had been rough. And so what Cam, the guy, told me, he said, you know, we haven't had someone that can speak Spanish for the, the six weeks before and he's like, but we've got such a large Spanish-speaking uh, community, and there's a, there's a lot of opportunities of kids. Like he said, they pulled four, they had four kids come on that first time, and I, was it, I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was, like the next day or the day after, like he said, there was like 14 of them that came out and that got involved because, and it was because, like, hey, there's someone that, like, I know what's going on. Someone can communicate with me. Someone can help me understand. And that fell on his shoulders, and I'm so grateful that he didn't run away from it, he didn't hide from it, that even though it was scary, he, he kind of became that person for them and was able to help and he would walk them home and pick them up and he stayed with them in their group and he realized quickly like, okay, this is my job, this is what I'm gonna do and he did it with absolute perfection and so we're super proud of him. It was super great uh, opportunity, I believe, for him and to also be stretched and to be moved into doing something uh, uh, that maybe you weren't quite prepared for. So I was super proud of him. Y'all give it up for Michael. We have Quinn. Chisholm coming up here. All right, listen, if you guys promise to be really quiet and nobody say anything, I'll share a secret with you. He's actually scripture, man. Shocking. I know, super shocking. Um, Quinn, I'm gonna let him share first, as always, but super uh, proud of him as well and what he's done, not just on this trip, but I'll let him, he'll go into detail about that, but excited for him to share about his experience. Hello. Um, so... For my Memphis trip, it pretty much started two weeks before that at VBS. A month ago, if you told me I was going to be on the stage talking to like 50 kids. Uh, more than that. Yeah. More than that. A lot of kids. Teaching them about the Bible, I would have told you you were crazy. Me too. But two months ago, um, I volunteered to be Scripture Man, who teaches kids about the Bible. 
So I would run in on like a scooter or bicycle and spray kids with water guns and teach them about the Bible. They had a lot of fun. And then I did it on Sunday to all of you guys. I don't know if some of you guys were there. But then I went to Memphis and I realized it was all kids ministry. And that's the one thing I was not good at before this summer. So I, was, so I pretty much told myself jokingly, I'm going to become scripture man this whole week. That's basically how I started preaching to kids. Like, day one, I got assigned to the four, five, and six-year-olds. And they are loud. They were really loud. And I'm very quiet. So I had to step out of my comfort zone. I had to talk to these little children and teach them about Jesus. And then day two, I had story. And as Madison said, not many of them really pay attention. So, <laughs> but I tried to make it so they had lots of fun. But as much as I had fun this week, it was very stressful. I got sprayed with fart spray. I got insulted. Some kid stole my clothes and ran around like as me. And then uh, I had ice water poured down my head by like a six-year-old. And... Uh, it was very crazy, but I would do it all over again just to see those kids' smiles. It was the most beautiful thing ever. And all my friends and youth group stepped up, even my little brother, who is the most awkward person in the world. Four days ago, he took three minutes to order a chocolate milkshake. It was very funny, but everyone stepped up, and I had a lot of fun. And it's my last missions trip as a student, so... Quinn did incredible. I, absolutely. What I love about Quinn's story and what, I'm, what I want to share most with you guys is this is the absolute living, breathing example of what it means to be willing to do something and then discovering the abilities that God gives you and, and how he uses you, even in areas that you wouldn't imagine. We, I text his mom, I think it was Tuesday, and was like, I know he has plans for college. Like, I know he has his stuff figured out, but I'm telling you, if he wants to be a kid's pastor, this kid's got it. Like, he's got that factor. He's got that thing about him. And so I, I told him, I said, you know, listen, you go on, you have a great career, you go to college, do your thing, but, but he's going to serve in a church. But now he knows there's an area where he can serve that maybe he never had before and that what he brings to the table is so much bigger than what he could have ever imagined simply because he was willing to say yes, simply because he was available, because he was saying, you know, hey, listen, if this is where you need me, this is what I'll do. And he absolutely did amazing and did wonderful. So y'all give it up for Quinn one more time. Bella's coming up here. Bella's one that we're, we're excited. This was her uh, one-and-a-half mission trip. We didn't get her the entire time uh, last year. She had some family stuff happen mid-trip. Um, I'll share more with, about Bella, but I'll let her uh, share with you first about her experience. So before I even get into, like, my main point and what I want to talk about, I just want to say that before this missions trip, I was a completely different person. And I mean, if you would have met me a couple months ago compared to like maybe two months ago to now, you would have been like, who is that? And what did you do with Bella? <laughs> 
I want to say I have had such a changed heart. I mean, yes, I still have so much work to do, but I've grown so much in my walk with the Lord, and I want to say I've changed so much. This mission trip really means, really pushed me out of my comfort zone. This trip was amazing and helped me realize so much. I can't thank anyone other than Jesus for letting me go on this trip and being able to minister to these kids. I definitely experienced a divine appointment on this trip. This mission, this mission trip will forever hold a place in my heart I will never, ever forget. One of the first things I'd like to share before I get into my main point is the last day was a little, little bit harder than the rest. And I know, like, obviously you're going to be like, well, yeah, you're saying goodbye to your kids, but it's nothing compared to Michael's story because Michael's story, I guess, like, tops everyone, up, everyone else. But I want to say that it was especially hard for me because our route, like, the route we took, it... Um, we didn't have very many kids. Our route had like one to three kids every day. And um, that last day, the only kid that was supposed to come didn't show up. So we never got to say bye to our, our only kid that came. And um, going, to, going into my like main point, I want to say that the week before I even came on this trip, I really got into prayer. I prayed and prayed for the Lord to let me have a moment with someone and share my story with someone battles that happened in my past, and I asked him to use me, use me in a way where I can make a difference in someone else's life by sharing stories and battles I went through. I really thought it would have been with a kid that we were out ministering to. Every day that week of the trip, I'm like, what is happening? When am I going to be able to share my story? When is this going to happen? Is it even going to happen? I was so worried that it wasn't going to happen. It was getting towards the end of the week, and I really thought that I wasn't going to have that moment I prayed for. The day, the day of, it was really on my heart, and I absolutely could not get it off my mind at all. I had a conversation with one of our students, and I thought to myself, what if my divine appointment won't be out there with one of those kids? Yes, it is. Yes, we will have moments with those kids, but what if God sent me on this trip to do wasn't with the like wasn't like like with the kids but like what he really my main point to go was like with someone at the camp and I really I really thought about it that day and um sorry I'm trying (laughs) I lost my spot (laughs) and I worked up the courage to share exactly that in front of everyone at camp Later, after I got to share a story and have a conversation with someone I care about, I got to share my story and tell them about my battles and things I've been through, and I pray me telling them that will help them and and help them realize they are not alone, and it was only the Lord's will. I had so many feelings that night. I thought to myself, like, wow, this is this is crazy. That conversation was my divine appointment. I can't thank the Lord enough for allowing me to share my story, and it was only through him that I could have shared it. In 2 Timothy 4.5, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. I feel like this relates to how I thought. I wasn't going to be able to meet my divine appointment and worrying that what I prayed on wasn't going to happen. I was so worried and focused about it being one of the kids, and it turns out that God absolutely works in mysterious ways, and he had his own way he wanted things done. Maybe you think 
oh, it's not happening the way I want it to happen, so that means it's not going to happen. God will make it happen. He will give you what you ask for. It will just be in his time and how he wants, he wants it done. It is only the Lord's will. Even after I say all of this, I want you all to understand this stuff will be with me forever, and this mission trip will forever hold a place in my heart. Sorry, sorry. Progressing in a way is going to help me, is going to help me for the better, and God is working in mysterious ways in my life. One thing I really want, I really just want you guys to take from this is that God will lead you, and you just have to listen and stay focused. So, Bella, don't walk away. Um, Bella really is the embodiment of what it means to, to show the change that God's made in your life. Um, Bella's been a, you know, she'll, she'll kind of be the first one to tell you. She's one of the ones that we worry about sometimes. You know, she might be that name that I circle on the list and be like, all right, we got to make sure she's good. We got to make sure this is, you know. It's crazy, though, because, and, and, and everyone who knows her, she does not have to come up here and share, hey, God's made a change in my life. They see it the moment they spend more than 10 seconds with her, and her attitude, and her actions, and her speech, and that is, you know, a lot of what we're talking about today kind of applies to what she sort of put into place. That's difficult. It's difficult especially for teenagers, and, and she's someone that we're super proud of. We never, this entire week, she was where she needed to be, doing what she needed to be, with the right attitude, with the right mentality. Guys, this was not the easiest of trips. There was a lot to, to kind of cause, you know, some frustration and, and things like that. And, and all of our kids were great, but when Bella's great, you're like, man, that's, that's really great. And she was, she was really great. So y'all give it up for Bella one more time. She was incredible. I, I would love for all of our students, like I said, to be able to come up and share, um, and, and, and I'm grateful for the ones that we picked out, and like I said, kind of, you know, jokingly said, had to force some of them, not too bad, you know, they were pretty willing to come up and share and give their testimony, uh, but we also wanted to give one of our leaders an opportunity. Uh, I asked Mandy if she would come up and share. This is someone who, um, you know, signed up for the trip pretty early on, uh, was very open about some struggles and things that she was kind of dealing with in that, but also someone who we absolutely could not have done this trip without. She was very... Um, pivotal in everything from the planning process to putting stuff together, someone who's done some incredible things and really made this week uh, uh, special for, for all of us. And so we want to give her an opportunity to share about her story and, and, and what happened with her through Memphis. Um, so for the past year, um, and a little before that, I've been really battling with anxiety and, um, and kind of in waves. And Leading up to Tennessee, like you said, I knew like a year in advance that we were going to be doing this. And um, leading up to that on and off, I would get anxious about the trip. And it wasn't about normal things like, oh, dangerous things can happen in Memphis and things like that. It was like um, I was anxious about getting anxious. Um, I don't know if you've ever dealt with anxiety, but for me, it's very physical. Um, I don't really have like the racing mind and things like that. But 
it can be physical and it can be hindering. And I'm like, man, I'm going as a leader and I want to be like a good, responsible adult and take care of the kids well and support them well. I don't want to be the person that's like the handicap on the team. Um, and all the way up even to like the second day of the trip, like it, it was really bad on that day. And um, like my husband was with me and he knew what was going on and I was just trying to like keep it between me and God and we'll fix it. Um, but it was so bad that I just had to get it out. And so I had wound up telling um, our leaders like, hey, can you pray for me? Um, I'm really, really struggling with this and I don't want this to be like the thing on the trip. Um, and just putting it out there, out of my mind, out of my body, and into the light, you know, because the enemy wants you to keep things hidden so he can torture you with them. Um, but getting it into the light helped break some of it. Um, I wish I could come up here and say God miraculously took all of the anxiety away and the week was perfect, um, but that wasn't necessarily the case, but it did get better. And the team was awesome. The leaders were awesome. They didn't push me to the side and say, well, if you can do it, you can do it. They prayed for me. They asked how they could help me. They checked in on me and all those things. And I also have um, some health things where I have a lot of food allergies and things like that. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to eat. But um, all of that to say, like, these could all have been excuses for me to just not do what God called me to do. Because I knew I was supposed to be on this trip. Um, and I could have said, no, I'm too anxious, no, I won't be able to eat, no, whatever. But um, God took care of me through all of it. Um, I even had said to the leaders by the end of the team, uh, by the end of the week, like, I really felt really taken care of by God on this trip. Um, from shade on the site that we were in, because we were dancing for an hour, and <laughs> um, shade was really nice because it was really hot, um, to coffee time when we got back in the afternoon that was just for leaders and little things like that, you know. My husband who grilled for me so <laughs> I could eat and not die. Um, <laughs> all, of the, all of the little things, God was there. Um, and I just want to encourage you with that today because God's going to call you to do things, and obviously you're going to see the weaknesses and things like that. But he is always, if you give it to him, he'll be your strength and he'll take care of you. But really my most favorite part of the whole trip was watching our teenagers. Um, each and every one of them really stepped out. They are a great bunch of teenagers. Um, when you look past maturity things and the fact that they are teenagers, they are really great. And like I said, it was really hot. It was really taxing. We went from sunup to sundown. Like, it was all day long we were doing things, um, and none of them complained. Even when they got headaches, when they were hungry, when they were hot, all those things, they never complained. They just kind of like, maybe, can I have an ibuprofen? <laughs> um, and we took care of them, but... Um, and they stepped, they volunteered to do things they had never done before. It wasn't just us pushing them, like, here, teach this story. Like, there were opportunities where, like, hey, we need someone to teach a story. And they're like, I'll do it. And they killed it. Like, they did awesome. Um, just seeing, and you heard all the growth that was happening in their hearts through um, the trip. And, I mean, a picture, 20 kids, you know, all those things God was doing. Um, that was my favorite part, and just being able to support them through that. It was, it was special. It was special. I, I'll say this for, for every leader, for every student that stepped in and committed to being a part of this week and, and, you know, really being fully invested. There's always hiccups. There's always something. 
But the reality is, man, our students really showed and embodied what it means to be available and willing to fight through in a time where a lot of people can make a lot of excuses why not to do something or why they don't want to do what they don't want to do. And I think it's incredible. I think it's absolutely incredible to, to, for them to be able to model, you know, hey, whatever God, whatever God needs. We, we say because of Jesus, we're family in our youth groups. That's kind of what we live by. That's who we are. And so for this missions trip, and Mandy had the shirt on, and we, we, we said, you know, because of Jesus, I'll go anywhere. Right? I'll go anywhere. I'll do whatever you need. It doesn't matter. I'll do it. If it's what you want from me, if it's, if it's to lead a story, if it's to sing a goofy song, Right? These kids were singing the goofiest, weirdest, like they're, you know, and, and, and they're doing it. Hey, if that's what you need, I'll do it. Hey, we got to go walk through these neighborhoods. It's, it's, it's so hot. It's, and, and I'll tell you, the South is a different kind of heat. I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. And I expected a lot of them to kind of quit on me. They didn't. Hey, I need you to go walk down this street and this street and go up this way and go there. I need you to knock on doors. I need you to invite kids to come to Bible club. I need you to do all this stuff. If that's what you need me to do, I'll do it. If that's what's needed of me, I'll do it. You know, I, I, I think about our team and I think about this trip and I go, you know, our goal is to raise up a generation of believers who will go out and share the word of God with others who are willing to be stretched, who are willing to do what needs to be done so that God's love can shine through even in the darkest areas. That's our goal, right? I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. Because of Jesus, I'm willing to do that. But the reality is what we tell our students and what I push in our youth ministry, it applies to all of us the same. They're not a separate group that's like, you know, well, hey, we'll leave that and reserve that for, oh, oh, you grew a little bit, you learned, oh, that's awesome, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of you, that's great, that's for them, that's for them. The reality is it belongs, that, that burden to be stretched, that burden to grow, that burden to go belongs to all of us. Jesus' last words to his disciple are found in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. What does that mean for us, family? What does that mean for us? Now, here's, here's, here's he's not telling you to go to all nations, but he is telling us right? Us collectively. In order to go everywhere, in order to go anywhere, it requires all of us doing our part. Amen? It's what's required of us. It's what's asked of us. We can't be afraid to share the gospel, to make disciples, to baptize them, to show them the love of Jesus with everything we have inside of us, with everything we have to give. It is our responsibility. It is our duty. And believe me when I say what's practical for them, it does apply to you. As Christians, we love the question, do you believe in Jesus? Well, yeah, absolutely I do. Oh, ask me again. That felt good. Do I believe in Jesus? I believe in Jesus. Yes, I do. 
Did you see my bumper sticker? Right? Did you see my t-shirt? You see my bracelet? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. But what if, and hear me when I say, like, the question for us as believers, the question has to change. That's got to stop being the thing that we look forward to. The questions need to be different. Like, you know, uh, what we need to prepare ourselves for is, what are you willing to do for Jesus? Where are you willing to go for Jesus? It's one thing to believe, but it's a complete other to actually live it out, to be active, right? This is not a call to our next missions trip. I don't have a sign-up out in the lobby asking you to go, you know, give me a couple weeks. We'll work on something. Lord knows we're going to go somewhere here at Eastern because we do not sit around, and I love that, and that's incredible. That is. It's incredible. This is not a call to action to get everyone to sign up for a missions trip. it's, It's deeper than that. What this is, is it's a call to action. To have an experience with Jesus is incredible. Making the decision to follow Jesus is the greatest decision you will ever make in your entire life. There is none better. But it's not enough to just believe. It's not. Right? Belief without action is simply a feeling, yet James 2.26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. It is our job to do what is required of us. It is our job to obey God's word and to do what he asks us to do. It's our responsibility. I believe in my whole heart that Jesus' last words to his disciple, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is our responsibility. It's not a cool little phrase. It's not something that we say. It's not something that we read. It is a call to action. It is our job. From our students to everyone else in this room, we cannot become complacent as believers and go, it's good enough to go to church, it's good enough to read my Bible, it's good enough to say that I believe in God without being willing to know that there are people out there who do not know him and it's our responsibility to tell them. Here's the best part though. I'd like to bring some good news to you. Because there's somebody out here going, Pastor Jared, I ain't never left Dundalk, and I don't plan on it. Guess what? There are unsaved people in Dundalk. Don't everybody gasp at once. Y'all calm down. (laughs) Give me a second. Jeez, chill. There are unsaved people in Dundalk. You get to do missions right where you are. You get to do missions right where you live, right? Go into all nations, right? Go into all nations. That's cool, but it starts... It starts at home. It starts at home. I tell our students that their first missions field is their school. They will never have more of an impact. They will never have more of an opportunity. And we love saying that to our kids to go, hey, listen, you need to go to school because that's where the sinners are. And they need to hear about Jesus. And you need to bring them to church. And you need to do this. You need to do that. And we tell them, cool, let's get excited. But here's the reality. There are unsafe people in your home. There are unsafe people at your work. There are unsafe people in your friend group. And our responsibility isn't just to be saved. It is to spread and share the word of God to others so that those who do not know Jesus have the opportunity to know him. That is our job. Go into all nations. It starts at home. 
Just as our teens got up here and shared their experience, we too need to get comfortable in sharing with those closest to us, telling them what God is doing in your life, showing them, here's the important part, showing them the change that happens in you. Is there a single person in here that's perfect? If you are, raise your hand. Corey, put your hand down. (laughs) Not one of us is perfect. My wife lets me know I'm not perfect all the time. Not a one of us is perfect. But it's through those imperfections that people get to see the grace of God and what he's about. It's in those imperfections that people can recognize, hey, you know what? You might used to talk that way. What happened? What's different? What's changed? You used to be angry, depressed, frustrated. You used to be addicted. You used to have struggles. You used to have these things that you were fighting with constantly, but yet there's something different about you. What is it? And then we have the opportunity to share that it's Jesus. They get to see it in us. They get to hear it from us. But family, it does require us to change. It does require us to be different. It does require us. I I had a guy share one time. I loved it. It was one of my favorite illustrations. He said, and I'm a truck guy. I love my truck. I I love it. He said, you have to show the change that God has made in your life. People need to see that you're different. He said, imagine I take my Chevy and it's got a bunch of issues that won't start. This thing's leaking. This thing's busted. This thing's messed up. And I go take it to a mechanic. And that mechanic holds onto that truck. And when I get it back, guess what? It's the same. Still won't start. Still leaking. Still got issues. What would you say about that mechanic? But if you took that busted mess into the shop and when it came back, that thing was running and it was purring and it was doing just, and you're going, wait a minute. That's that same beat up truck. What happened? Oh, that's the shop I took it to. Man, there's no better advertisement for that shop. There's no greater advertisement for that mechanic to go, man, if he could turn that into this, then what an amazing mechanic that is. Guess what? The same thing happens in us. When we are changed, when we're made new, when we have an experience with God that fixes us, that heals us, that helps us, it's required for us to let other people see that healing, let other people see that change, let other people see what he's done different in us so that you can point back to the one who makes a change. So you can help guide and direct and lead them to the one who brings real joy, real peace, real happiness. It's our responsibility. Pastor Wayne, if you want to head up here as we get ready to close up, I want to leave you with one last thing. Your journey will be your biggest testimony, but you have to share it with those around you. You can't hold it in. You can't keep it to yourself. You can't let, you can't let what God's doing in your life become yours and yours alone. People have to see it. Coming to church, man, I, I, will, I will tell you this is where we need to be. I want to see every seat in this place full. I want you to bring people to church. I want, I want people to come in here. I want people to have an experience. All that stuff's incredible. But guess what? It's what we do outside of these doors that even gives us the opportunity to bring people inside. I'll never stop doing mission trips with our students. I'll never stop preaching and pushing the need for going out and serving and loving others and reaching others. But there's no excuse 
There's zero excuse for not serving and reaching those that are closest to us. We give them the skills. We give them the tools. Pastor Ed preaches and teaches and tries to give us what we need to go out. But guess what? It's still our responsibility. What are you going to do tomorrow? You're here today. Praise God. What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do when you get home today? I tell our students, man, your clock's counting down. You're going to be at school in a real short time. And when you get to school, guess what? You're going to be surrounded by people who need Jesus. And we miss so many opportunities because we, ah, it's my work. That's my job. I'm not really going to, ah, I don't want to get into that. Or, oh, yeah, those are my friends from high school. They're not really into that stuff. That's okay. Listen, I'm not saying hit people over the head with your Bible. I don't know that that really helps anything. But I promise you if they see the change in your life, if they see the joy that you have, if they see the peace that you live with, I promise you it's contagious. I promise you, but they need to know that you're different. They need to see that you're different. They need to experience that you're different. Why do you go through the same things I do and you don't get angry? Why do you go through the same things that I do and I don't see you broken down and I don't see you falling apart? Nothing nothing but your experience in relationship with God. Nothing else will bring you peace. Nothing else will bring you joy. It's only that. And so my cry, my plea to everyone in here is, listen, first and foremost, if you don't know Jesus, let me beg you to give him, give him an opportunity. Every head bowed every eye down. I want to make a call to action. If there's someone in here and you say, you know, I, I hear these things that you're saying and, and I don't have that sense of peace and I don't have that sense of joy and I haven't really truly given my life to Jesus and I don't know what it's like to, to really experience those things, but I want to. I want to give it a shot. I want to give it an opportunity. If that's you this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity to raise your hand. All heads down, all eyes closed. I just want to give you an opportunity to raise your hand and say, this is what I'm looking for. For everyone else, I want to ask you, when people look at you, when they see you, does it speak Jesus? Even as Christians, we struggle. Even as Christians, we, 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 we mess up. But I tell you what, it's the power of Jesus that brought you from where you used to be and it's the power of Jesus that's going to keep you where you need to be and it requires us pressing in every day, working on ourselves. God, heal me, help me. Where is it that I'm struggling with anger? Where is it that I'm struggling with addiction? Where is it that I'm struggling with this world and, and, and the way I talk or the way I react or the way I respond? Where is it that you can work in me? I have to do it every day and I'm not perfect and I don't expect, per per I don't expect perfection. God doesn't expect perfection. But where are you willing to include him in your struggle? Because the quicker people see that healing, the quicker people see that restoration, the quicker people can experience that joy through you, the easier it's going to be to help them get to a place where they can understand that they're only going to find that in the presence of God.
They're not going to get it anywhere else. They're not going to find it out in the world. They're not going to find it on social media. is I want to open these altars. I want to give you an opportunity. Allow God to place someone on your heart. Think about your own struggles and your own issues. Where is it that God can help you, that he can can help you get to that place where you say, you know what, I know that I can't just sit on the sidelines. It's not good enough to just show up. I'm not checking off a box when I come to church, but I'm truly trying to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit because I know there's people around me that need to experience God and I can't do it on my own opportunity right now. Get up from where you're at. Get out of your seat. Come to this front. Step up. I don't believe there's enough of us that are willing to step up. That's the problem. See, we look at this altar and we go, well, if I come out here or I step out here, then then all of a sudden people are going to think that I have struggle. Spoiler alert, everybody's messed up. So we got to cut that nonsense out and we got to start getting more serious about saying, God, I need to include you in what I have going on in my life. If you're tired of sitting around and watching and you say, I need, I need to get more involved. This is your opportunity. This is your chance. Or we can sit back and go, hey, man, we got it all figured out. That's fine. But I believe that giving God an opportunity to use you is what you were called to do. It's just the willingness that you have to step up and say, God, I'll let you use me. I'm willing. There's somebody in my work and they need to know that you're good, God. They need to know that you are powerful. They need to know that it's only through you that they're going to find their peace. I'm willing to step up here. That I know there's a family member, there's a son or a daughter or granddaughter who, who they're trying everything in the world to find peace and joy and they're not getting it. They're hitting wall after wall and struggle after struggle. And I know that maybe there's something inside of me that they need to see. There's something inside of me that needs to change, that they need to recognize, God, that only through your presence, only through your power, God, will they truly be saved. I'm willing to step up and do that work in me. idea. They have no idea. So we're going to worship and we're going to pray and I just encourage you, take this time and ask God, God work in me. Where am I falling short? God work in me. Who can I reach God? Help reveal to me. Who can I make that kingdom impact on God? Reveal to me. Show me, Lord. And if you know, say their name. Say it out loud. We got to get more serious about understanding there are people going to hell. There are people going to hell while we get ready to go to lunch. What are we going to do, God?